And now, Dan Happel's Connecting the Dots. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. The men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. God bless the USA. We have a very interesting program today. Celeste Salam is going to be talking about synthetic biology, and she's got an entire program put together, a slideshow, and very interesting. Celeste is an author. She's a former uh, FEMA employee. She was a whistleblower. She studied so many of the subjects that are going on now, the World Economic Forum, all the different vaccine protocols, all the use of certain chemical weapons and nanotechnology and everything that she's covering. And today, in particular, she's going to be talking about synthetic biology. I have to tell you, Celeste, every time we have you on, uh, we get such an incredible amount of additional conversation and traffic because of you. I mean, you've got quite a fan base on your own, but when we've done some things and it, it caused us to be kicked off Facebook for a while because when we had you on with um, Kate Gemerani, I think, uh, we had over a million views on that particular program and it got bumped off of Facebook. Uh, so... There you go. The truth hurts. Yeah, it really does. Facebook does not like people to be popular if they do not espouse the agenda uh, talking points or messaging. So um, that's just the way it is in our day. And we just have to realize it and work around and mm-hmm. continue to get truth out there. And you guys at Connecting the Dots do so good at that. Um, so I applaud you, too. You know, and we're, it, this is a team effort. Nobody can do yeah. it on their own. Well, as a matter of fact, that's exactly right. And, you know, when I, I call the program to Connecting the Dots, the dots aren't just factual information. The dots are people like yourself that are out there trying to get the truth out. And uh, those kind of dots really help, too, because... I know for a fact that so many of the people that I have introduced to each other on my program have ended up 
working together on a whole series of other uh, other types of uh, programs, and it ends up being a really, really good place to network. It does. It really does. Um, I've made lots of good friends through uh, you and then the Red Pill um, that will be friends forever, you know, so... Yeah, you're right. You're right. We we uh, and, and and we have this common sense of purpose and common sense of respect for the other people in the movement who are risking a lot to be here. Because frankly, you know, you've you've paid a lot over the years for your whistleblowing on the FEMA issues initially, and then all the other stuff you've been involved in. It's had quite an impact on you personally. Yeah, but that's um, what person does not count the cost first. Um, I think if you are the bearer of truth, you do need to count the cost. And, you know, everybody has a different line and we have to respect that line. For instance, maybe a person that has a family might not take bear the torch of truth as far as I can uh, with no family or, you know, network that I have to be concerned with. So I can carry it a little bit further. And so we all do our part. They do their part and they carry it to the degree that they can. Um, but some of us have um, this, this calling uh, that is like solo and, you know, it's a blessing. I mean, I really, in retrospect, can see um, the Lord moving in my life and preparing me for this moment in his history. And, you know, he's equipped me every in instance that, you know, something didn't make sense in my life or was a hardship, I see coming into focus now. And that's pretty exciting uh, because then you it energizes you so that you can go and take the next steps. And that's what we're doing now. I, I know a lot of people thought, OK, uh, we've we've had the covid. We've had the, the gene editing tool. Nothing to see here. Let's move along. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the truth. And so that's what we're going to be delving into a little bit today and we might touch on um, warfare too because one of the purposes of the Ukraine war is to dispose of the old weaponry, the tanks, the ships, the aircraft, the missiles, that type of thing to usher in this new warfare which is going to be frequency and neuro warfare. So um, that's where the money's going. That's where the future battles will happen. And so, you know, like they say, never let a good crisis go to waste. Um, so we might be touching today a little bit on mosaic warfare. And actually that mosaic warfare is a combination of the DOD, but also DARPA. And mm -hmm. the program is called Estarte after a goddess so they're literally populating between nasa and the dod and darpa they are populating the air above us with the names of these gods and goddesses <clears throat> sorry it's allergy season so i'll do my best i just 
took a Benadryl to see if it will help. <laughs> but um, so, and does that surprise us because the scripture tells us that in the end days, uh, you know, the prince of the power of the air is going to be very active. So it's it's not to be unexpected. And so when you know about it, then you're not fearful. And I think that's the one of the important lessons that we can glean from all this is when we're aware of these types of things happening, we're not as fearful as if it comes suddenly upon us. No, I think that's right. But uh, what you talk about, I, I know a lot of people, even our very enlightened audience, a lot of our uh, audience has never heard a lot of this stuff that you're going to be talking about. We aren't expecting everybody to just uh, accept what we're saying and do no research. You very specifically ask the audience to go find this information, look for themselves. You provide a tremendous amount of uh, this information on your website. Um, and you, you know, you're an extraordinary researcher and you came to be such an extraordinary researcher because of your work with FEMA. That's what you did when you were with FEMA. Maybe talk a little bit about that and then let's start talking about uh, synthetic biology and all the things that came out of the pandemic. Well, I think actually, you know, my parents were avid readers and researchers themselves. My dad was in naval warfare and he actually took uh, when they would declassify certain documents, he would put that into layman's term terms, and then it would go out to the media and and various researchers and and things. And so I'm kind of walking in my dad's footsteps. So really, from a very early age, I've been doing what I did. But then, of course, I was in plans at at, at FEMA, so that that was just part of it. So I got to see not only the structure, the organizing, the exercising of the plans, put, putting them together, tearing them apart, having the hot wash, learning from those plans uh, to refine them for the next time so that we didn't make mistakes the next time. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of where it really helped me have a template or a blueprint of how to handle the news and to go into it and research for the end times, which is where we're at. <laughs> so well, um, I do have a screen share. Is that possible? Oh yeah, absolutely. We want you to use that. And uh, uh, your your time with FEMA, when you became a whistleblower, you saw a lot of things going on and you actually were a, uh, uh, an administrator uh, with FEMA, and you did a lot of this research because that was actually your job, wasn't it? Um, education. I was in education. I mean, we, at the time, it, it, you shared jobs. Everybody wore, it's kind of like a parent. I mean, you know, you wear the parent hat, the child hat, the grandparent hat, you might wear the sports hat, um, whatever, you know, like as a parent, I'm sure you wear 50 hats yourself. And that's kind of the way it was at FEMA in those days. 
And then it got very compartmentalized. See, this is before 9-11. And then in the early days after 9-11, but afterwards, then it got compartmentalized. So you would not see the sharing and the brainstorming that that we had early on. So in, in the organization or the agency changed um, as the country, as well as the country in those, you know, pivotal years between 90 and let's say 2000, I would say 2016. And then in 2016, we took this huge leap um, into global governance. A lot of people are not aware how big and pivotal the year 2016 was, especially, so there was this one program known as One Health, and it was a cross-discipline. Um, in 2012, many of you don't realize that in Thailand, Bangkok, Thailand, um, animal medicine merged with human medicine. Um, and I have the actual signed document, and you can find that at shepherdsheart.life. Um, and basically, so it brought the two disciplines of medicine together. And so what was applicable regulations, legislation, experiments could be done on either animals or humans. And um, there was no more the sacredness by that time. Um, actually, I think I should mention this. So in the 90s, as the internet was just getting going, I was on a forum of attorneys. And during that time, they were actually um, having this discussion who has primacy over the over planet Earth, um, animals or humans. And it was the decision of the attorneys in the 1990s that animals are, are have, have primacy over the humans. Well, that overturned the whole biblical narrative. Um, I'm just saying that in the legal realm. And so that fissure or that chasm um, allowed for all the green initiative and green religion that we're seeing now. Um, once you they got that pivotal, it's beast over man, then they just started to slowly move in. And now we're just seeing it at a frenzy. Um, so that will play a part. Uh, and it was important to say that as um, we talk about synthetic biology. <clears throat> well, Celeste, um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that uh, when you had that uh, discussion with the legal profession, um, most people don't realize that the Rio Earth Summit in 1992 was the kickoff for the program called Agenda 21. And that was the agenda for the 21st century. In that uh, very important uh, discussion or conference, that was the turning point where environmentalism and animals basically uh, became more important than human beings. And it was also the kickoff of the anti-Christian uh, movement. Yeah, I can tell you one. Um, so sometime in the 90s, 
um, after that. So there was a flood in the North Fork of the Stillaguamish River in Washington. And a man called into the emergency operations center and he asked if he could do anything he needed could to save his property from being washed away down the river. And up until that point, we would always be able to say yes. But that year was the year that uh, the Corps of Engineers took charge and they said it's fish first. And so we had to say, no, you can't do whatever you need to do because you have to be considerate of the fish. So that means that you need to work with the Corps of Engineers. And at that point, the emergency operations centers did not have color ID. But um, I've been away uh, back to Emmitsburg um, for uh, some training and I had come back and then there was this uh, event. And so down from the bowels uh, uh, underneath um, the building, up comes a man that had still photographs of this man's property. I mean, the size of a dime. You could see every rock, every bush, every everything that was happening on his property. So that man could do nothing without the surveillance. And of course he had long hung up and I don't know what he did, um, but they were watching him via satellite. And that was the first time I had ever seen that. And, and Celeste, what, what year was that? That was in the 90s, mid-90s, somewhere in there. Wow. See, a similar thing happened to, to me. Uh, when I became a county commissioner, one of the first things that happened after I was sworn in is that we had an ice jam in one of the uh, towns that was in my district. And uh, it was bad. It was a big ice jam. It was flooding the town. Uh, and I went to uh, friends of mine and I said, well, when, uh, you know, when we, we had this problem, we always just uh, took a couple of sticks of dynamite and you could uh, blow that ice dam and allow the water to go and you wouldn't have a problem. And uh, the Corps of Engineers and FEMA came back to us to say, don't you dare uh, because we don't want you disturbing any fish. And the ice jam and the flood continued. So, and that was, uh, you know, I'm going to say that was about 2010. So by then they had well established those, those rules and property and people became uh, subjugated to the, uh, the natural environment. Yeah, it really was like the old timers, like maybe from 1900 to the 1960s or 70s, maybe. Uh, they often used dynamite to blow up like stumps on their property so that they could, you know, cultivate the land. And also, um, especially some kids, I mean, uh, it, it was easily accessible to get dynamite back in those days. And so some kids that wanted to go fishing might just take a stick of dynamite and put it in the river and come back with a really good catch of fish. So, I mean, in one way, I can see where we had to have a little bit of balance. Um, but 
On the other hand, it really does infringe on on the private citizen. Like, so I live in this this town of forty nine people in the middle of farmland. There's thousands and thousands of acres of farmland. And I live in this little tiny dinky town. The only thing it has in it is a post office and they won't let me have chickens. Well, I petitioned the city council for chickens. And so then I left on my speaking tour of the Eastern United States. And I, as soon as I got home, I rushed over to the city council because they were going to have their one once a month meeting. And I said, can I have my chickens? And they said, you can have five chickens, but they have to be in a chicken tractor. But here was the clincher. And so I've got to go to war against them. And, you know, it's, you know, a sad truth, but I have to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. They said, by having chickens, one, they need to be licensed. I said, you mean I have to license my food? And they said I did. But they said this was the part that that I just cannot compromise on. They said, and we have it by having chickens, you will allow us to come onto your property and into your house as the city council to come into my home. That's an invasion. Anytime, uh -huh. day or night, I'm a single woman, and that's just not going to happen. And it's well, against the Constitution. So, well, what was the justification in a town that size? Obviously, uh, you know, this is an unusual uh, circumstance to even have a city council in a town that size. But what was their justification for that? Uh, because somebody had come in to all of the small towns. My town is not the exception. All the small towns here of 49, 100 people, they all have the same regulations. You cannot have chickens. You cannot have goats. You cannot have a well. You must be on city water. You must obey. And it's Nazi-esque. I'll tell you the wow. first day that I was here, I let my golden retriever and I was taking her for a walk to kind of get the lay of the land. And the mayor chased me down the street and said, if you don't get that dog on a leash, I will have her shot and or disappear her, as he said. And he sent me a certified letter to the effect that the next time my dog was on the road without a leash and she she wasn't running around she wasn't running rampant through the town she was walking by my side um we were just having a nice walk as newcomers and i realized then that i was in a very unfriendly town and that really is the way it is they don't like outsiders and they made they made it known but i would say the un um got to these small towns before the people really realized what was happening. And yeah, they do that. They do it through uh, ICLEI and uh, through the American Planning Association. They'll go yeah. to the states, and believe me, I'm very familiar with the American Planning Association. I uh, was a member for a number of years because um, I was a uh, city uh, uh, planner or worked as a city planner uh, and uh, worked with the um, uh, city 
planning commissions uh, in North Denver. And it, it was uh, pretty obvious where the whole thing was heading. It, it started out bad enough that it got to the point where it was just ridiculous. And uh, I ended up, um, you know, working with the planning commission actually was the chairman and involved with that for quite a long time. And uh, lo and behold, I came to to uh, Montana, to rural Montana, about as far as uh, rural as you can get. And our uh, county planner was the president of the Montana uh, American Planning Association, Montana chapter. And boy, she was all about Agenda 21. And of course, what they would tell you at the time is, well, it's all voluntary. Look at what's going on today with our country and all the regulations that are tied in with uh, environmentalism, all the money that's flowing into that. There's nothing voluntary about Agenda 21 or Agenda 2030. It's all about control, and it's all from the very top down. So I think that morphing took, it was um, from like the 1960s when people started becoming aware that they really did want to take care of the earth. I mean, there were some abuses. And but about 2010, approximately, I we David and I had just moved to our off grid place on top of a mountain in the Garnet Range in Montana. At but the Department of Interior, a person was going to be in Ovando, and so I had to go see David. Said, uh, We just moved into the house, I'm gonna stick around the house. And it was very interesting because if you've been to Ovando, it's like this like microscopic town and it was all ribboned off. <clears throat> there were like a hundred ranchers with white hats. There were five pro or five media. There was one protester and then there was Celeste who was undercover. And basically what the Department of Interior I, I can't remember what his title, official title is now. Um, he said that in the early days that that they would have just offered incentive for the ranchers to continue ranching the way that they um, had always ranched mm -hmm. um, since they came into that country. But he said that those times have changed. Now, if you want to ranch, we will tell you what to do. And here's all the white hats. You saw, I just saw a sea of white hats going like this. And I'm going, what are these people, crazy? Um, and they said, if you want to ranch and turn the, you know, your ranch over to your children, you will do exactly what we say, or you're not going to have a ranch to turn over, you know, as an inheritance to your children. And I was hoard, I was mortified, absolutely mortified at what he said. But it's the truth. And that set the kind of the stage for what we're seeing now. It is, Celeste. And in fact, um, I just wrote about this, but um, the um, 
uh, conservation easements are one of the biggest scams and one of the real, uh, I guess, real clandestine efforts by NGOs to take away private property. And uh, for the listeners that don't know this, I think most people realize, but uh, NGOs are a uh, construct, an invention of the United Nations. Yeah. They actually invented the term non-governmental organization, and they put together a program in the early 1950s uh, under UNESCO, put together a program where they would uh, create something called an NGO that would be certified by the UN, but it would be a... A, a group of people that would appear to be creating a grassroots effort in a particular area of the environment or economics or whatever, but they would act as if they were a grassroots group when in fact they were funded, heavily funded by international corporations, big donors, that sort of thing. And uh, they got certification from the UN for complying with a set of criteria that would uh, allow them to uh, have a tax-exempt status. And uh, this, and the U.S. government went right along with this program. So many of these groups, these NGOs, are actually uh, U.N. groups that are going out in places like Montana or the Dakotas or anywhere else that there's a lot of private property uh, in holdings within an area of a lot of government land and try to get the, the in holdings uh, under a conservation easement that does not allow any development or anything beyond traditional uses. Uh, and once they get them locked into that contract, the fine print doesn't tell them this until they really look, and that is the same NGOs are the ones that are out lobbying Congress and lobbying all over the world to increase the regulation. So the so the ranchers or farmers are stuck with this conservation easement that doesn't allow them to sell their property for development, but at the same time it restricts them. Uh, under a system that's increasingly more restrictive. Well, they can actually tell them that they can't um, do ranching also. Like if they find a particular, like a frog or a salamander or a bird that's threatened or endangered, um, then they have the right to to even shut down the ranching for that. And then now, of course, we're seeing some big movements towards the water supply. Um, you know, there was a redefinition. I can't remember. I just saw it like last week. There's a lot of a push right now of redefining. Where did I see that? I can't remember where I saw it. It was just last week, though. Um, there's a big movement on redefinition of the waters of the United States. So... Uh -huh. You know, there was in the 90s, there was the like scenic wild and river, scenic wild rivers act and the clean water act, of course. But this is a 
So that's another thing the UN likes to do is start with one thing, the Clean Water Act, which, you know, people want clean water. They want clean air. Mm -hmm. um, that's, uh, you know, we all agree that we want it, but how restrictive and what type of regulations. And so now it's been enough time that the people have forgotten. Now it's time that they're going to start squeezing. Um, so mm -hmm. they're redefining it and it's a, they've become living documents. And actually in, if you take any federal money, even $1, there's something called standard form 424 A and B. And you are required on a quarterly basis to show how you are implementing all these unconstitutional acts like the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act, the Scenic Wild Rivers Act, uh, certain social justice acts. And at the very end, you know, I mean, it's a, I, it's quite it's a two page. Uh, you should read it sometime mm -hmm. and other and you know that's mm -hmm. the that's the catch all that if they haven't thought of something right then then it goes into the and other and i've been caught like i've been throwing off like so many platforms for violating community standards and when i when push came to shove i said okay what part of your community standards uh did i violate and they said and other so, I mean, you can, how do you and just, other? How do you even defend yourself against and other? You know, uh, but that basically allows for future technology, future regulations, future laws, and anything with and other is a living document. So they can constantly be changing it, and not in our favor. No, not in our favor. And I saw that as a county commissioner, they were. Uh, coming up with all these new uh, uh, regulations, EPA regulations on dust abatement and uh, things that are part of normal farming operations. And in that, then they can tell uh, farming operations they can no longer farm. Sorry, you uh, you make dust. Well, there's hardly any farming operation that doesn't make dust. I mean, there's also even the, hay, you know. There's the, even the aroma, uh, you know, there's the whole right to farm. And th that stemmed out of um, there would be complaints from as as rural areas became urban areas. Um, you know, aroma, farm aroma is part mm -hmm. of having animals. And so people would then complain. And so then they started this right to farm movement. And I think that's part of what I'm up against in our city. You know, they don't want the noise. They don't want the aroma. They say the predators, it'll draw predators in. And yet they allow feral uh, cats and dogs to run through the, the street, but they will allow my golden retriever who, you know, she doesn't roam. She's, she just wants to go for a walk every day, you know, with, with mama, you know, so mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you, it's a strange world. Well, so last, uh, let's let's go ahead and get started. I we've got we've got two hours. We actually have still have two hours because I think we uh, we did get that hour from uh, Patrick. 
So we've got time to do what you want to do here. And, and I really, this is an area that I don't think there are a whole lot of people have any knowledge about, and that is synthetic biology. And so, also, uh, we, that gives us a chance, you, you had mentioned earlier, uh, understanding the weaponization of this against the American people and what, what in fact now is a new form of warfare. So let's go ahead and talk about synthetic biology. Explain to people, you have the screen share function, so go ahead. Uh, if you want to put something on screen, go ahead and do it. Okay, just let me preface this. So I, I know that what we what I'm going to share is new, and it's complex. Anything that our adversary puts together is complex. Uh, God's uh, way is easy. Uh, the enemy's way is complex. So. What I'll do is just share this. This is very simple. It's just to get you kind of used to the term, some of the terminology, the concept. I am going to be spending every Wednesday in March um, doing a webinar where I am going to go into the uh, into the weeds, so to speak, uh, a deep dive. Okay. And so you will get all the very specific information as well as what can you do about it. But we need to start to have the conversation. And that's what we're going to do today. So let me share my, and this is primitive. It's not an official. I'm working on my PowerPoints for my, for the webinar. So I didn't have time, much time to put this together, but we'll see. Well, I know how thorough you are, so I doubt that it's going to be uh, too much of a problem. You're going to have good stuff. So, okay. So, okay. so this is uh, the simple solution uh, to synthetic biology, and the reason I'm I want to emphasize that there are there is a solution. Um, it may not be a physical solu physical solution because this is an invading army, which you're going to soon find out. Um, but it is something that is very easy. You can put it in your to-go bag. You can carry it with you everywhere you go. Um, you can use it every day, anytime, day or night. And that solution is our faith. And so I really want to highlight that because this could be, if I just gave you the technical information, it might be terrifying. And so I really want you to put it in the proper perspective and realize that really, truly, this is in the hand of God and he knows your needs. And so don't be afraid. Um, just realize that this is the next iteration of what we've already be, been seeing since 2020. So basically, synthetic biology is turning um, every human, every animal, and every plant um, into a uh, changing it from God's original design and function to 
a function and that word is very important if you want to write down one word that equals synthetic biology it's changing the function so it's changing the function of a human changing the function of an animal changing the function of the plant and what is that function that function is according to the UN sustainable goals and the elites plans. So they want, let's say um, there are animals that are there. It might look like a pig, but it's called an enviro pig. That was actually the first synthetic biology. And they took this pig and this pig would help to eliminate CO2 from the environment. Um, they are developing plants now that will strip the atmosphere from planet Earth and put it in big, either in the soil or in big holding tanks. And that's part of the reason some of the elite are buying up huge, uh, vast uh, farmland is not to grow crops, but for these big subterranean holding tanks. And I would not have believed it if I hadn't received something in my inbox. And it was called, it was a webinar, CRISPR on the farm. Um, and it was from one of my bio, biotechnology journals. And so I decided to go and attend this webinar it was a Zoom one, and there was a scientist in Europe and a scientist in America, and they told about the plan to basically take the atmosphere of Earth and put it under the Earth, um, probably for all the subterranean cities and military and elite and all that that want to go under the Earth. Um, but that's going to be very problematic for the peoples of the Earth. Will it succeed? I do not see it succeeding uh, totally. They may do it partially, but I do see that God in his infinite wisdom, and actually Jesus says, um, if he did not shut, cut, shut, cut short the days, there would be no flesh left alive, except that the for the elect's sake, he would cut short the days. So... And, and Celeste, um, just so our viewers uh, and listeners hear this, the uh, CO2, the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that they have labeled as a dangerous gas by the EPA is actually the gas of life. Without CO2 in the atmosphere, plants can't survive. And we are now, one of the reasons we are uh, having some issues with, uh, with the environment, with biology, is the fact that we are at almost historically low levels of CO2. We don't want to take CO2 out of the atmosphere. We want to increase it if we want a greener, healthier, better world. And uh, most plants thrive and use much less water in enhanced CO2 environments. And that's why most greenhouses in the spring, 
they pump CO2 into the greenhouses because it uh, provides much healthier environment for plants. When they talk about uh, sequestering and taking CO2 out of the environment, they're talking about making a somewhat bad situation even worse by stripping out more of the gas of life. But it's not only CO2. They want to strip out oxygen and they want to strip out nitrogen. And where did we see about the nitrogen? Remember the whole Dutch farmer scenario? Mm -hmm. That was all about nitrogen. And I will be going in to the weeds on the nitrogen issue. Not so much the oxygen, but the, the CO2 and the nitrogen I will be covering in the webinar series. So uh, okay, you're good. right. Uh, plants love it. We need it. Um, there's this delicate balance that God provided. The earth has had times of really abundant CO2, like, uh, you know, er early on when the earth was young and there were all the forests and different things before mm -hmm. industrialization. But now they want to take it away. And what that does is it then they say, well, so what they want to do is mix your genes with tartrogrades, which are called little water bears. And why? Because they can live in a hostile environment. And they say, oh, we're just doing this uh, because we're going to go to Mars and we might go to an exoplanet. And so it's a good thing to just go ahead and and um, genetically modify all humans and animals so that they can live in austere environments. And what is an austere environment? It's one that does not have an atmosphere, and it what is one that does not have water, and it could have extremes of heat or cold. Uh, so that's mm. that's what they're doing right now is this huge that's what synthetic biology is all about. So let's get to it. So synthetic biology is this alien programmed world. And this shows you an example of a uh, microbe um, that has been is being programmed. It's just a artist rendition it's not it's not real so we live in this day and age when man has arrogantly purged the living god from the original design with great hubris mankind is engineering a counterfeit um i first talked about this counter counterfeit it's called a, a virtual a digital virtual twin um it is a satanic synthetic virtual twin um i got received a 232 page uh docu military document in 2019 and i went public about this synthetic virtual twin in december of 2019 so this is a ancient uh, an alien world where a plant looks like a plant but it's synthetic an animal has the appearance of a particular animal, but it is a fabricated monstrosity. And even humans are being reconstructed into hybrids and synthetic life forms. So the first step in this was the whole 
COVID situation. Um, and not only did we have the spike protein, but then we had the gene editing weapon, as I'll call it. So this is the an important lesson in synthetic biology. So you go to your farmer's market and you see this beautiful orange or this beautiful head of lettuce. You do not know if that's synthetic biology or not. There is no way to really know. Um, there is one way, I guess. Let me get it. Um, it's going to have a QR code. So we'll get that right out right now. Um, that's why uh, at the beginning of uh, the, the gene editing operation, you saw that people had QR codes that had the jab. Now, even dead people, if you take your phone and you can go to a cemetery and you can pick up a QR code, you can pick up a QR code when you go to Costco and look at meat. Um, because now, what 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 is the uh, um, the uh, I know that's an acronym. What's what's the uh, QR stand for? Well, I don't know what the I don't know what the word is, but Q, basically, okay. QR code is the more ad, advanced. Remember, in, in two thousand, barcodes were on mm -hmm. everything, on all the boxes and everything. You know, UPS, you did, would have barcodes on it. It's for track and trace. And that's basically, this is the more digital upgrade of a track and trace uh, program to track and trace all, all biological life. And they may, so a couple things as we're here right now, just in the quiet of this moment, as we're trying to absorb about synthetic biology in 1975, at the first Asilomar conference, and that's near Monterey, they made the decision to genetically modify all life on Earth. And the only magazine to cover it was Rolling Stone magazine. And I actually have a picture of that. Um, and it put in big red letters on the front, you idiots. And then they just proceeded to dress Congress down for allowing this horrendous um, concept to be propagated or promulgated. Mm -hmm. And so then the next step, so that was a Silmar when they decided that all life would be genetically modified. Then on Halloween 2005, the UN put a mandate it was originally called the National Animal Identification System. Um, it is now known as traceability um, from the UN. It went from the UN to the United States government, to the states, each state, and cores of people in each state were fighting it both in their own state and at the federal level. Unfortunately, as they would say at work, the train had left the station and the agenda was going to move forward. So it was defeated in all states. And at the federal level, it is the law of the land. It has three pillars, three pillars. One, that all, all property belongs to the government. 
the second pillar is that all biological life um, will have electronic identification. I'm talking every cell, every microbe, every human, every plant, every animal. Um, and then the third is 24-7 surveillance. And they are putting in that surveillance grid with the 5G and the soon to manage 6G. They really need the 6G on board with the quantum computer to be able to manage all the sensors that they have out there and all the QR codes. So that's that's kind of a short history of, of how we got to where we're at right now. So unlocking uh, the genome was not about peering into the mysteries of creation, but basically the enemy was seizing the blueprint of life and modif to modify it in its entirety. It was going to make a counterfeit to God's creation, only God wasn't going to be a part of this. It would use the building blocks of God, but it would achieve that by ripping everything down to its elemental building blocks, which it can't go any lower than that like the at the molecular level, and then engineering and, and building it in a, in a synthetic, artificial, or counterfeit way. So scientists determined for all of us that biology should be engineered. Um, and it revolves around designing, building, manipulating, and replicating the building blocks of life. It's much like a child uh, that uses the blocks or Legos to create those mini empires. Um, the only difference is that these are bio bricks. These are biological, molecular, this is life, um, the Legos of synthetic biology. And so that's what they're doing in their computers. And now it's moving out into the marketplace and in, into all of us. So basically what they're doing is um, inserting the hybrid. Um, and they're doing that through protein and enzyme engineering. It's a chemical process. Uh, for those of you that are soap makers out there or anytime you use a chemical, even if you're making jello, that is like a chemical change. So you start, I'll do jello because maybe not everybody's a soap maker. Um, so you take your jello powder and then you take water and you mix it together and then you put it in the fridge. And an hour later, whatever, however long it takes, um, you have jello, which is a new substance. It's not water. It's not the original jello crystals. So there's this chemical reaction that happens in the jello to make it jello, jiggly jello. So that's kind of a simplistic way to explain this uh, protein and enzyme engineering. So it can be defined as the process through which a sequence of amino acids is changed, kind of like the jello is changed. Only this time in protein engineering, they use recombinant DNA mutations or those 
it's a muta it's really mutated DNA to make these designer proteins and enzymes. And the end goal of these designer proteins and enzymes are to come into mm -hmm. compliance to the UN Sustainable Goals. Now, these are goals that are made up by man, um, and they have evil intent because it means depopulation of many humans, many animals, and many plants. This is not about saving the environment, saving the planet. This is much more nefarious. It is about tainting um, God's creation. This is, is the, I should have put, engineering. I got to slap my hands. I Here I, oh, I'm bad girl. So I, you know, we just, I, I talk in the, language of the bible and so in my mind i because god creates things right well i got a mm -hmm. stiff rebuke for the uh from the lord that this is not creating uh the enemy cannot create anything only god is the creator he can engineer things and build mm -hmm. things and so here I am. I, I repent. I am sorry, you guys. I accidentally let that one. It slipped right by me in my proofing. So I ask for your forgiveness and don't look at the creation part. Think engineering because uh, these are evil people and it's wicked wickedness and it can't create like God does. So how far or how deep does this rabbit uh, hole go? And this is just one element of synthetic biology, the synthetic enzymes. So I just want you to look at that. And I'm going to read it out loud for people that maybe are on their phone or are just listening. So there's agricultural, I won't say enzymes, but just when I say the word, then just add enzyme to it. Uh, animal feed, brewery, COVID-19, detergent, disinfectants, enzyme or, or biodiesel, ceramic uh, industry, cosmetics, crude oil spill remediation, malt, soil stabilization, food and beverage, juice extraction, pharmaceutical, pulp and paper, starch processing, sugar processing, textiles, and wastewater treatment. Now, as you can see, this is just one part. All of these have been changed to synthetic biology at this point, all of them. So the World Economic Forum came to us at the beginning, the third week in January, 2021, and one of their conclusions or announcements was that by the end of 2021, the entire food supply would in fact have the um, platforms that Moderna and Pfizer mm -hmm. had in the, in the jab. And, but they didn't say that the whole commercial market would have uh, the platforms, but that is in fact what happened. And then in December, 
of 2021. They did make the announcement close to the end of the year, and they said it has been accomplished. The whole commercial market has been changed. They did not use the term synthetic biology, but that is precisely what they said that they were meaning that they had the platforms of this synthetic biology operation. Hmm. So this now, is, okay. No, I, I do have a question. How does nanotechnology uh, factor into this? Because I, I think back uh, at a, a science fiction novel uh, by Michael Crichton some years back called Prey, uh, where he talked about how uh, um, nanochip technology, microtechnology, could be self-assembling and self-replicating and all these things. Uh, maybe talk just a hair about that so that people can kind of understand how complicated and complex this is. It's very complex because they're building an artificial or synthetic uh, reality. Um, it's so nanoparticles are part of the, um, they don't have God because, you know, he's not the creator in this world. They're engineering the nanoparticles and giving them, using them with biological material, with machines. So that's why that's why you can get a, a QR code um, from from things that are synthetic biology because they are basically an operating system. They have been turned. And once again, I'm going to go back and I will revisit this word function. It changes the function of God's original creation um, through a process of hybridization and then into a synthetic life form. So God originally created man to tend to the Garden of Eden and to the animals and name the animals. And of course he sinned and, and then, you know, his, his, he was kicked out of the garden of Eden. So his function then changed and uh, with the curse, he had to toil and women would have uh, pain and childbirth. This is similar to what's happening. It's changing the function of every cell Every single thing that's biological is being changed from God's original intent and function for it to a synthetic and artificial um, slave to the UN, basically. It's, it's diabolical. Mm -hmm. This is a semi-short because I think if I introduce... This whole synthetic biology has its own language, its own concepts, its evolution, because it is evolutionary. And I think if we go too fast in it, we are going to be overwhelmed. We're going to be left in despair. So I'm purposefully just introducing the topic so that we don't get to the despair part 
that we will realize that this is part of God's plan. We'll understand that it's a war and we can hopefully have some takeaways that are going to help us to recognize what things maybe have synthetic biology. Um, are there any things left that don't have synthetic biology at this point? Mm -hmm. um, and some promises that I believe that we can stand on from a faith point of view. So moving right along. So these products, and we just looked at those enzymes, will be broken down into their elementary molecules to be synthetically re-engineered. See, I got it right there. Uh, they're re-engineered, they're not created. So why is this important at, to a believer? Um, because, it, and this is a quote from scripture, um, the pre they the priests are to teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and show them how to discern between the clean and the unclean and that comes to us from ezekiel 44:23 now that is part of our job and our calling to be the light of the world and in the New Testament, it says that we are all priests. So that means that we need to study what synthetic biology is, because synthetic biology, by its very nature, is profane and unclean. And so we need to be able to understand the difference. Where is the line between the holiness of God and the profanity that we're seeing with this synthetic biology um, operation. So it's very important that we even have just a cursory understanding. You might not have to go into it as deep as I had to go into it to understand um, and tease out what is it and how do we keep balanced. Uh, what my hope is, is to give provide you hope and some battle lines and some lines in the sand that you can draw. And one of the, from this, from Ezekiel, I can see right here that synthetic biology is profane and it is unclean. And so I definitely do not want to cross that line. Now, maybe you are a person that likes to get your feet as close to the fire. I don't like that. I'll put up a fence. Um, I don't, I'll get as far back away um, when the Bible says and defines something as profane or unclean. So um, that's just, just my take. So know this, my dear brethren that synthetic biology, including this enzyme and protein engineering, are profane and anti-Christ. It's not the anti-Christ, so it's not like the mark, but it is his system, and the mark will come from or be born out of this system. So anything, and this will help to for all of us to clarify so anything that substitutes God and his original creation is profane and mocks the living God. So that, I think, is really important for you to all understand. 
that you can't have a substitute for God. Anything that does try to substitute, like anything Luciferian or satanic or a satanic virtual twin, or the original creation and its original design is profane and the enemy is mocking God and it will end up into in a big war towards the end in Armageddon. So here's another new term for us. I know, I remember back when y'all didn't know about hydrogel or humanized mice. And here we are back at the drawing board. We have all these new terms that we have to learn, but we must learn them. So we might as well jump in with both feet. So one of those is molecular breeding. And as you can see this, here's a book on molecular plant breeding. And so what is molecular breeding? I'm so glad that you asked. So molecular breeding, it also has the acronym of MAS, refers to the technique of using DNA markers that are tightly linked to evolutionary, and that's very important to realize this is evolutionary traits known as phenotypes to assist in a selection scheme for the particular breeding object objective. Now, this is a real mouthful. So it can either be directed evolution or experimental evolution. So let's just take and break this down for a minute. So basically, they have this scheme, which, you know, the UN is great with their schemes, um, that puts little fake counterfeit DNA markers in um, and into cells and it's evolutionary. So, and we're going to be talking about this in a minute, um, but in evolution in Darwinian evolution, they look at, at phenotypes instead of like families and groups. So, to a Darwinian evolutionist, a human uh, is in the family with dinosaurs, arthropods, and birds. On the other hand, in God's creation, a human is a human. We might have different color skin. We might speak different languages, but we are human. A bird is a bird and a plant is a plant. Um, so, but in this scheme, using phenotypes, there was something called the phylocode. Well, let me back up. You gotta have the backstory on this one. So back throughout history, life was classified by the lineas, that's L-I-N-N, E-A-U-S system of classified, you know, humans were humans, plants were plants, um, animals were animals. But they knew that there were several things happening, both on the face of the earth and in the domain of God. And the elite were going to they knew there was this time, it's called the extinction level event. We are, have entered the sixth extinction level event, 
And the last time this happened, 90% of all life on earth died. And what you see now is what sprung up from that life. But so the elite wanted to, they knew this cycle of God was ha going to happen. And so they go, this is the perfect opportunity to make some money, grab control and grab power. And so that's part of the UN objectives on this. And they most of all wanted to take all the life forms that were under God's jurisdiction and move them over into the satanic realm. Now you also have God's clock and sovereignty. This is, this is a setup that he was doing. Um, so there would be species that made it and species that went extinct. It is just the way that it was. It just depended on, you know, you could be in the right place at the right time. Look at the Holocaust or other genocides. Some people made it and other people didn't. So anyway, the UN came up with this um, molecular breeding program that, so they, they made a classification of life known as the Philo Code. They worked on it for 10 years. And finally, they came up with this, this you know, where the humans or our family consists of birds, tetrapods, and dinosaurs. How that works, I don't know. But it gave them a organizational tree that could fit in hybrids, synthetic life forms, um, demons, angels, manifest different manifestations, uh, multi-dimensional entities, many different things. And they knew that this was all going to be happening in our season. And so they did this Philo code to open it up. And then they began their experiments as soon as, so the Philo code was certified in 2019. And guess what happened at the end of 2019? The first synthetic life form hmm. caused a pandemic. Uh, this was engineered in a lab um, using a lot of genetic material, different pathogens and different surprises. And then you've all heard my spiel on the nanosyn bio uh, spike protein. So anyway, it, this is the next iteration of that. Um, so the Philo code was certified 2019. The... Um, uh, SARS-CoV-2 came on the scene, which is a synthetic life form. Now you gotta you gotta know uh, this when they talk about phenotypes, they talk about clades, and that's mm -hmm. why I mean everybody talks about event to a one. It just drives me crazy because that same year there was an exercise um, known as clade X. And clade X dealt with a new life form that had never, ever been seen, a, a pandemic from a new life form. Now, 
event 201 was just your average everyday influenza. I mean, we had those every year, those exercises, uh, you know, whether it was bird flu or whatever kind of flu, uh, it, swine flu, whatever. Um, it, those were generic exercises, but clade X, I knew the minute that I saw it, it gave me chills and I started reporting on it. So if you want to see that reporting, you can go to shepherdsheart.life and um, just type in clade X under the, on the search bar and you'll come up with all you probably ever wanted to know about it. Okay. So moving, you have any questions? No, I'm, I'm, I'm writing things down. Okay. Sounds good. So I'm going to use, I think, one company, maybe possibly two companies, but I want you to realize that there's thousands of companies um, engaging in this operation right now. It is operational. It is, uh, we are facing the biggest threat to all life on earth um, that has been seen on the planet earth, even with the extinction level events. So one of the companies I'm going to talk about a lot about is Syn Biotechnologies, and they use proprietary, which means secret, algorithms to facilitate and expedite antibody discovery process. And their antibody discovery services include hybrid DOMA sequencing. So, I mean... I'm not a rocket scientist, but what pops out to me in the prefix, and if you are it, know anything about the English languages with the prefixes and the suffixes, or in the medical profession, which does the same thing, uh, you look at the structure of a word. What strikes me or pops out is the num hybrid in here. They actually insert hybrid into hybridoma. And so hybridoma technology is a method for, for producing large numbers of identical antibodies. Oh, this is a word we know, monoclonal mm -hmm. antibodies. Only if you think the wow. uh, uh, monoclonal antibodies with the humanized mice were bad, I got bad news for you because it's gone off the charts. It's gone exponential. Mm -hmm. We've got some other fish to fry now. So, um, and then once these monoclonal antibodies or hybridomas get into your body, they turn your body into re a bioreactor. And okay, so I, here's another backstory moment for you. Um, so remember back with genetically modified foods, there was the Monsanto crop up in Canada that was next to an organic farm and a wind blew and the mm -hmm. organic crop got contaminated and they went to court and Monsanto actually won. It made no sense except that you knew as a bystander or somebody that paid attention to the news and the wiles of the devil, quite frankly, that it was to set a precedent that something more was coming down the road. And that something more is um, the monoclonal antibodies, 
which the first time we saw those pop up was in 2020 with um, the humanized mice and the, the COVID. This was a particular treatment that was highly recommended. But once it gets in your body, your microbiome, your gut generates these, just like in the old days with the GMO, um, they used a primitive form of this. So they sprayed glyphosate all over the plants and it got into the plants and then the plants, we ate the plants and then it got into our microbiome and then our body started to create pesticides in a bioreactor. And it kept making the pesticides and making the pesticides. And it's made many, many people ill, uh, sick, and even die. Um, well, and, 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 and Celeste, isn't that kind of uh, part of the thinking behind the uh, um, mRNA uh, technology is that they can uh, do that. They can produce this. Uh, false, well, I, I, I would call it a false genome, but uh, to, to act as a inhibitor uh, to things. Is that kind of what I'm saying, or is that what you're saying? So they can use two different avenues. Uh, remember the whole saying, all, all roads lead to Sears. I know I'm dating myself. So they well, I think it started all roads lead to Rome, but oh yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that so. predates you. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't around in the Roman days, uh, <laughs> so they can either use the monoclonal antibody highway, or they can use the mRNA highway. But both achieve the same thing and get mm. to the same location or destination. Right. So right. there you go. So what is the faith lesson that um, we can learn from this? So I'll put this up a little bit further. So as we examine the future of mankind, and uh, I put the food, food warfare, mm -hmm. <laughs> Celeste and her famous typos, uh, we must now consider synthetically guided vector constructs, uh, gods that our fathers and their fathers never knew and yet was prophesied in the Old Testament. Um, and this is from De Deuteronomy 32, and it's one of my favorite passages in Scripture in the Hebrew. It's called Ha'azinu. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to God's little g, whom they knew not, and to new gods that came up, whom your fathers feared not. Deuteronomy 32, 18. And the bottom line of this synthetic biology is who is going to be your master? You cannot have two masters. And synthetic biology is clearly a counterfeit, a liar, um, evil, wicked, and or you can choose God. Um, you cannot, you can't straddle the fence on this one, everybody you personally are going to have to draw lines in the sand and depending on your decision is going to be how when you face the judgment at the end of your life and any physical consequences 
um, it's going to determine um, your fate, basically. So it's better to realize you, this is a physical war, this is a spiritual war, and you need to know that that this is a concoction of devils that not even our fathers, nobody's ever even heard of synthetic biology before on now. And it has come at our time, but I want to really encourage each one of you that you are equipped to be in this day and this time. He has given you everything that you need. And when we fall short a bit, we hold each other's hands and we help each other, mm -hmm. um, both in understanding and if uh, we need medical or however, um, you know, we need to help each other out. This is a team effort, as we talked about in the beginning here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Um, but they are basically the, I call them the techno sorcerers are conquering the world using synthetic enzymes. And it includes protein production, antibody discovery, vaccine making using novel enzymes. And the novelty could be in its source, um, like what is the source of, uh, of the particular uh, technology that they're dispensing. It could have physical and chemical, or it could include physical and chemical together reactions. Like when we talked about the jello, it could have kinetic. Um, is, it, it's, is, is it kinetic in nature? It can change your very structure of your cells, your organs, your brain, your body, your hormones. Um, it has that capability to restructure you because obviously if your cells change, then the structure of your body changes. And of course, as we've talked about, and you should know the functionality of your body it has that power and capability to change the function of you from being created in the divine image of God to being a, a hybrid, a, 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 which is slavery. It's akin to being a slave to Satan uh, as you enter that process of hybridization and then finally synthetic biology. And, you know, People like Elon Musk and stuff think, and Bill Gates, they think that they're going to be saved. Uh, they're going to upload their consciousness to a synthetic body, and they're going to live forever. But that just plain is not in the word of God. And they're going to have a real rude awakening on Judgment Day because it's coming for them. And, you know, so... This again, the faith lesson was once again, and I'm going to repeat, is the priests are to teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and to show them to discern the clean and the unclean, Ezekiel 44:23. So it's your job to be teaching between the holy and the profane if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and between the clean and unclean. And hopefully by now you're beginning to see that this synthetic biology is not clean. 
So writing the code for designer life, and I did mention, you know, that this protein engineering and enzyme engineering makes designer proteins and enzymes which have different functions. So remember, these are the techno-agrarians um, and researchers and scientists who are re redesigning the food supply. Let's start small instead of thinking of us, uh, but let's just look at the food supply. So what are their objectives? Um, creation of religious Gaia, and I forgot to put Gaia worship in there. Um, this is a new religious system. It it's, mm -hmm. serves the creation versus the creator. And it's a metamorphosis from God's kingdom to the satanic kingdom. Although your spirit, if you are in Jesus Christ, if you if you stand firm and draw a line in the sand and don't are not seduced by the um, people that are trying to sell you synthetic biology, um, then there's nothing that can snatch you out of his hands. Just realize that. It, and because they have fungus on them that are beneficial because having a diverse microbiome is very good for our gut. So it it can change that, especially with what they're spraying in the sky. And a lot of people, it, the evolutionary techno-agrarians, sorcerers, um, are going to make it very efficient and very convenient for you to choose their side. It's going to be very inconvenient for you to make your or grow your own food. I can't tell you how many people have said, Oh, Celeste, growing your own food, it's so much work. I don't want to, it's just, I, I think I'm just going to go down to the store and pick up that frozen pizza. And that's going to have, in the days to come, even more physical. I mean, now you you might be heavier in weight. Your whole body is, you may have inflammation, all this stuff because you've eaten that frozen pizza. But uh frozen biomass mm -hmm. yeah it's it's not even and i'm going to get into this in hebrew they distinguish between what is food and what isn't food and unfortunately that hasn't translated over to us as christians so it's kind of a new teaching but it's they also have this uh, belief that's about the zombie the zombie apocalypse, uh, that you can be biologically alive, but spiritually dead. And that's what this type of synthetic biology produces, spiritually dead people that might be up and walking around, or you might be flopped on the couch because you can't move because you're too sick because you um, it was too convenient to get the fast food. And that's your steady diet. So now we're going to move on to, so under writing the code for designer life. So using genetic programming by using gene editing techniques, this is like mRNA. 
are deleting the unfavorable genes and improving target characteristics in accordance with UN sustainable goals. You go, well, how in the world does that even affect me? And why should I care? Um, because look at that sentence, second sentence. It says deleting unfavorable genes. We already know that in 2019, they said they wanted a post-human world. And we were not going into the depopulation category fast enough for them. So they started this directed evolution and experimental evolution. And so now using the CRISPR-Cas9, they can actually cut out of our DNA, which is, by the way, our DNA has God's signature on it. Mm -hmm. So basically what the sorcer techno sorcerers are doing is cutting out uh, the unfavorable genes, the human genes out of us um, and improving their target characteristics. What might be a targeting characteristic? It might be that they you're no longer human, but let's say you take out that CO2 out of the atmosphere and you become a giant pollution filter. Um, so you've changed your function from a human living life to becoming a UN agenda pollution filter. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't want that function in my life. So that's just one example of, of the danger of this particular uh, synthetic biology. So what is the faith lesson in this? So we need to ask ourselves a very frank question. Are we willing? Are you willing? Am I willing to sell my spiritual inheritance for something that looks like food but modifies my body? Um, and what is a biblical example of that? That is when Jacob or when Esau sold his birthright for a, a pottage of lentil stew. And it's very interesting. Um, he, he did sell his birthright, but that in Middle Eastern culture, the eating of red lentils, which is what he sold his birthright uh, for, is typically a dish made for the purposes of mourning a loss. And when the transhumanism, uh, when the military unveiled its transhumanist agenda in 2018, I was at a military conference and I grabbed this screenshot and it has, you know, will civilization survive? And it has all the different cataclysms you can think of. Wow. And then towards the end, it had renunciation. And I thought that at the time that that was that the military would be involved in renunciation of our faith. And now with this synthetic biology, I believe just like there's dual use drugs and dual use experiments, I believe that it was twofold. Not only is it um, against um you and your faith, you know, you, you renunciation of your faith, 
but renunciation or selling the birthright of being a human. Mm. And will you renounce being human for a frozen pizza? I think we have to think about that now. Unfortunately, we do. Mm -hmm. Do you have a comment? No, but um, I, I have. <laughs> I have to tell you, it uh, when you start bringing up CRISPR uh, technology, there's all kinds of information out there now about that that whole technology. And people that are listening to this that think this might be a little far out, look up some of these terms yourself, and then go to the source work, and you'll find out that this stuff is out there and it very definitely leads to the same trail, the same rabbit hole that you're in right now. Yeah, and then you have to look at the spiritual. I mean, mm -hmm. the thing that you're going to see is a lot of information on the technical side of synthetic biology, but we are just now starting the conversation on what does this mean in the spiritual realm? Mm -hmm. What does this mean to God? What does this um, mean for our walk of faith. And that's the more critical issue, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, uh, Celeste, and I, I give you a second to uh, catch your breath, but um, part of the whole uh, move to globalism and the, the uh, transhumanist movement is to destroy man in God's image and make man in man's image because they can't allow uh, God's image to be part of the process. That is uh, entirely what they're about. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, that's what they want to slaughter. They want no part of God. They will use his building blocks of life because there, there is nothing that's smaller. It is the building blocks of life. And since they can't create, um, they have to use as building blocks, but they can then engineer them any into any monstrosity that they want. So now we get to, we're going to dig in a little bit more into uh, synthetic biology and RNA and CRISPR. Um, I'm sure you've probably all heard of CRISPR now and probably many of you have heard of RNA. Um, it, RNA is our epigenetics. It's how we express um, our, our, our DNA expression. There is a lot of power in our RNA. Uh, for instance, I don't have a major part of my immune system. Um, when I was diagnosed in the mid-90s, only 30 people on the planet were alive with what I have because most people died of infection before they were two. And the doctors did not understand how I could even be here. And they said, well, your body must have just found a different pathway to avert, you know, illness or, you know, to, to survive. But I personally think that God gave me this RNA, this very strong RNA that could, where I, my DNA was, was, it was, this is a genetic defect, 
where I had a problem with my DNA, he actually offsetted that DNA with RNA, and it gave me the the strength to power through various infections. It's pretty awesome. And when you think about it, you really don't want anybody not on your side messing with your RNA because God really, like if I had some, if, if somebody messed with my RNA, I might very well be toast and, you know, have met my maker by now. So I'm just saying, protect your RNA at all costs if possible. So there's these things called synthetic guided, um, and it's it, it, down in the middle of the page, you see SG. Um, is it synthetic? Is this like, okay, it's synthetically guided. Is this like a missile? Is it guided by AI? Is it guide? Uh, is it by entities? Um, it's very strange, but you can notice in the technical journals and possibly even your food labeling at some point, it will be signified by a lowercase S and G. And mm. then you know it's synthetically guided. You might not understand what or who is in the driver's seat, but you'll have idea to have a red flag. So Synbio's team uses CRISPR-Cas9 technology with advanced DNA design and synthesis to achieve the gene and genome editing, and that's that scissor technology and screening. And they are using services that include ready-to-use synthetically guided RNA um, synthesis. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll come back to the question, synthetic, guided what, AI, entity, whatever. I don't know that I necessarily want to find out. They also engage in synthetic um, guided RNA vector construction. So they actually are constructing these vectors. Uh, CRISPR synthetic guided RNA library synthesis. This is basically, think of your library at home or your library in your town, but this is a library of mutations. And what they do is they take a mutation and then when it works and that's satisfactory for them, then that's put in the library and others are deleted. Like our human character, our human function is deleted or the animal function is deleted, which is that scissor technology to cut out and replace the segment that drives with the new desired function. And we talked about that briefly, that you can basically cut out a human trait, let's say, and replace it with, oh, um, well, they don't like life, so... I don't know what you would, rep I don't know what it is. Well, they're talking um, um, right now. I know they're talking about replacing part of that with animal. Yeah, but they don't like animals either. So that's just a stepping stone. So I don't know um, what the, the, the final iteration will be. Right now they are mixing and matching with human, between humans, animals, plants, 
insects, mm-hmm. um, even Neanderthal and Denisovian genetic material. It's not good. Um, so vectors are never good. Uh, just think mosquitoes, think rats. Uh, these are just smaller ones. And synthetically biological engineered vectors can shape the future of gene therapeutic approaches as well as the structure and function of your body. Remember, it, it's not only the hard like, do I have two arms, two legs that it can change? Do I have ears to hear? But also it can affect every the function of every part of our body. Yeah. So the scientific magicians um, design these vectors to turn genes on and off at critical places for desired function. And I think one place that we can see this very clearly is in the obesity epidemic especially in America. They have it out for Americans and they wanted the world to look at Americans as fat and ugly and um, slothful and, mm-hmm. you know, just pigs. We're pigs. Mm-hmm. And yep. so and they- I mentioned that, Celeste, I mentioned that 15 years ago uh, in a letter that I wrote to a, a number of friends about how all this uh, alternate uh, gene technology and all these genetically modified foods were specifically designed to make the human, uh, the the American people fat so that people would look at us as being, um, you know, robbing the planet of resources and being nothing but a bunch of fat pigs. I, you know, that is absolutely true. Yep. I I know that like 20 years ago, I actually went to a store to buy a pair of jeans. I needed a new pair of jeans. And I tried on many different brands and they were all very strange cut. Like up until that point, you know, I, you know, Levi's were Levi's, you know, you could, you could put, it was the same from when I was growing up to, to that time that I went to the store and what they had is they had a big pooch in the front. So like if you were nine months pregnant and they had a lot of fabric in the back, um, for a huge rear end. And I thought, and it was every single brand. And of course, I am a person that watches patterns. It's part of what I do. And I go, something's up. They are going to be making humanity, or at least Americans, with fat stomachs and a, a, a large rear end, at least, if not more. And sure enough, it was not five years later and, and and those pants hung on me. I ended up that day not getting the jeans because they just plain didn't fit my body. And um, now, unfortunately, through um, all of the the war of life, let's just put it that way, I have gained weight in my stomach and and my rear. I I do uh, lose it in the in the summer. Uh, but in the winter, it's hard to get out and exercise here. And so it's um, been a battle that I've had. 
that I didn't ever used to have. Uh, now, a tiny bit of that might be getting older, but I really don't have the bone structure, nor do I really have the genes. Just look, I challenge all of you to watch a anything you want from the 1960s. Uh, you can watch a movie, you can watch Gilligan's Island, whatever you want to watch. They're all very thin, very few heavy Americans. And so this was, has been the plan. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So basically what is that all about? They turned off our skinny genes and they turned on our fat genes. That was synthetic biology. And that's how they accomplished it. And how they accomplished it was through our food supply. Um, so, and most of us are guilty to have, go to a burger joint or have a pizza or whatever, have a dessert or whatever. So, uh, they knew that. And so they put this synthetic biology into the food supply and it turned off our skinny genes. Now there was a time that's over now, that window is over that you could get certain probiotics that would turn on your skinny jeans and you can lose all this weight really fast um, just by your microbiome. It was amazing. You didn't even have to exercise. It was just a healthy microbiome. But unfortunately, that window closed. The reason it closed is because they have decided that they want you to have a synthetic microbiome. Now you have to understand the microbiome controls every part of your body, uh, your hormones, your organs, your brain, how you think, your emotions, everything is controlled by your microbiome. And so now when you get a probiotic, be very, very careful. Uh, I think we're rapidly approaching the day that we cannot take a probiotic supplement because it is probably a synthetic one to put in. It may have those words that you're familiar with, like lactobacillus, but that it's totally synthetic. And then it, it turns your gut into a bioreactor to make all these synthetic. And basically what once was a human microbiome, it turns it into something evil and destructive to your body. So I'm just letting you know that that's on the horizon right now. Be very careful when you get um, probiotics right now. Okay. okay, what is the faith lesson? As we examine the future of mankind and the food warfare, we must now consider these uh, synthetically guided vector constructs gods that our fathers and their fathers never knew yet was prophesied. Okay, okay. now we're going to get into the embedded uh, IP addresses exposed. So we've been talking about a lot about the new functions within the discipline of um, synthetic biology. But what is just one example of many that I can provide to you so that you can identify this process so as many of you has, have discovered that everything from humans to animals to food and even dead people have IP addresses. Why is this? 
So I'm going to be digging into it and you're just going to be amazed in this webinar uh, what they have done to our DNA. I mean, you are, I mean, you're going to be horrified. Um, that's all I can say. I'm, we're not going to go into it in depth today, but I will be going into it in the webinars. So DNA is a biological macromolecule that stores genetic information. And with density, ease of replication, and long-term stability, DNA has the potential to serve as the ideal storage medium to answer a uniquely 21st century problem, the information explosion. So a thumb-sized DNA can theoretically store all of the in entire information for the entire internet on it. Just a thumb-sized DNA. Mm -hmm. um, and, I'm and I've got the proof on that. So I will be showing you all the proof during the webinar. The science sorcerers are using your modified DNA as an external thumb drive for data storage right now, right now, because all of us have some degree of synthetic biology because we were not even aware that this operation was, was operational at this point. Mm -hmm. So what is the faith um, lesson? Every problem and every solution, and I can't emphasize this em enough, is found in the depths of the Holy Writ if one is willing to dig deep enough. And that's what I've been doing is digging deep into the word to find out the nuggets of truth that we can wage war against this, that we can draw lines in the sand and to help fortify us in this war. So as the days birth forth towards the final conclusion of time, new knowledge is exploding onto the scene both wicked and truth. It is time for you, each one of you, including myself, uh, to seek out truth. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Daniel 12.4 So I believe that, this, that these words that were shut up at the time of Daniel are now open and that we have access from wisdom, with wisdom on on high, and all we have to do is act or ask and ask for provision in faith. And he will bless us with it. Oh boy, I know you don't want to go here, you guys, but this is what, this is it here. We got it's okay. You know, it's good for people to uh, get a little dose of this. Yep. So, you know, in 2020, we had the humanized mice. Well, I'm here to burst your bubble. That's not over. Now we have to beware of humanized antibodies I'm on a strand of DNA. And then, then the next picture shows this half mouse, half human on DNA. And then the last picture shows um, mostly human, but with some mouse tendencies. And that's supposedly humanized antibody. So what is a humanized antibody? 
risky anyway. So those are antibodies from non-human, non-human, everyone, species whose protein sequences have been modified to increase their similarity to the antibody antibody variants uh, produced naturally in humans. So what does that mean? These are foreign invaders from animals, insects, Neanderthal, whatever, that have been cloaked uh, with some protein over the surface, um, kind of as a stealth way into your body to get it in and so that your body does not fight it off as an invader. So that's what a humanized antibody is. Now, scientists claim that these antibodies that are used primarily in monoclonal antibodies, so you need to be aware that uh, the troops are moving in the monoclonal antibody movement. Um, there's not just the ones that we heard about in 2020. There's some new variants that I will go into in the webinars. Um, the scientists say that they're not chimeric, but they're not, not animal, and yet they come from non-human species. Okay, how does that work? I don't know but they are chimeric because if they come from animals and they mix it with human, that's chimeric uh, by definition. So the Bible literally means what it says. Everything was created with its own kind, not species or clades. Now we were bought alive when we bought into this whole species thing uh, we took an evolution, a Darwinian evolutionary misunderstanding, and we let it get into our brain. And clade, certainly, that clade comes once again from the Philo Code. So we have to go back to the Bible, and it says everything was created within its own kind. So you may not venture into the Old Testament because it is the law, but we must use the whole counsel of God in the war against biological hand or bi biological life because the whole counsel of god is our handbook for life and what does it say in yes it is leviticus but you are to keep my statutes you shall not breed together two kinds of your cattle you shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed nor wear a garment upon you with two kinds of material mixed together, Leviticus 19.19. 19. And then I'm going to talk about that in just a sec, but I'm going to read the other verse too. And in that, you saw iron mixed with common clay, and they will combine one another in the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, even as iron does not combine with pottery. So... One is the, perp uh, the the techno sorcerers want it to become one, but I think that this is telling us that um, they're going to try and get it into our reproductive um, to be passed down from one generation to the next, like the genetically modified crops with the fluorescent dye and the lu luciferase and all of that but that it's not actually going to be, it, it's not going to adhere like they want. So it can't really become one. I think God is making a point there that only he can become one and you become one with him in faith. So 
but you know you might be asking yourself on the first verse that i read um you shall not breed together two kinds of your cattle so this what the bible is not talking about is so you've got like some black cows and some brown cows they can breed together no problem mm. and that's not really a problem that's not the issue but if you were trying to breed a cow with a dog that would be forbidden um, mm -hmm. if you're trying to breed a dog with a mosquito that is forbidden so it's trying to get a concept up across to us that there is a going to be another time just like in genesis 6 that we have to have the we have to have purity of our kind um that doesn't mean that a person of color can't um marry and have offspring a person of a, a different color i'm not that's not that's okay and acceptable in the council of god but what isn't is this inner species thing that's going on now and plants with moths and people with mm -hmm. insects so that's what it's trying to get across so they also can read and write they like i said they basically turned us into this operating system so they can read and write on our dna they're using it for uh, as a thumb drive for storage um and that's that is going to be even if there was an emp even if a solar flare took out our power grid that would still be operational and the reason is is they built into this synthetic biology um that it harvests uh, its power from whatever environment that it's in so if it's in you it's you using your life force if it's in the atmosphere it might be uh powering up from the sun it might be powering up from rain precipitation or other factors so you need to be aware that this will still be operational even in a grid down situation so sin biotechnologies provides uh, dna sequencing services to scientific researchers and industrial customers from around the world they use the Sanger DNA sequencing for normal biosynthesis and cloning projects. Lots of you ask about cloning, so we're going to talk about it briefly. They engage in generational sequencing. The acronym is NGS for the analysis of the transcriptome and the genome. And the, what is the transcriptome? It is a complete set of messenger RNA molecules Basically, it's a written transcript, kind of like a book, produced in a cell or population of cells. Now, this is my take on it. That in the Bible, an angel can be a messenger. And as we look at this technology, we should keep that in mind. So here's the faith lesson. 
So whether you take the view that I do, that this messenger being inserted into the DNA or RNA is the mark or possibly a metaphor for the flaming uh, mountain named Wormwood in Revelation that bitters the waters. Remember, you are mostly water. An animal is mostly water. A plant is mostly water. Mentioned in Revelation, it could include your body. See the plague of um, the plagues of Exodus. So when the children of Israel left Egypt, they went to Israel and they came to a spot and the water was bitter. And so uh, God told Moses, the people complained that we have no water. We want to go back to Egypt. And so God told Moses to put a stick in and it sweetened the water. Know this, that the messenger RNA is a wicked messenger, whether my take is correct or not, that it is the mark. Um, with each passing day, as man and bees fall prey after exposure to this wicked messenger, this will be confirmed to humanity. So as this messenger RNA has been deployed throughout the food system, all the pharmaceuticals, we are getting bombarded with messenger RNA. Remember when you first heard about nanotechnology and how ubiquitous it was, the smart dust um, mm -hmm. was a precursor. And now we've got the synthetic mRNA everywhere. It is literally everywhere. And so what? where do we see this in scripture? A wicked messenger falls into adversity, but a faithful envoy brings healing, Proverbs 13, 17. And I cannot emphasize how much strength and power that gives us as a Christian. A faithful envoy, being you, brings healing. And that's by drawing your boundaries, keeping the profane out of your body. Um, it's going to take some work on your part. It's not going to be the easy fix. They, they want the easy thing for you to do um, to be their agenda item. So as I've mentioned, uh, mRNA is in all of the food supply at this point, except possibly the food. And it is a manufactured technology. And basically one of the, the other company besides the SynBio um, is Ginkgo Bioworks. I actually went by that facility um, on my way up to New Hampshire, and it it was had this building as big as like Boeing, and and it just mm -hmm. felt evil as I drove by. So a new ideology is being implemented. The process would flow as follows: the world is going to be moved into a green friendly subsistence diet. You've all heard about the bugs. Um, you've probably seen the green meat-free food at the your different stores. On February 3rd, at this February 3rd, DARPA's cornucopia or the new food deal became operational. And what what is that? They are going to 3D print making food. 
your food, this food that you buy at the grocery store, using four things. Four things. Water, electricity, air, and some weaponized microbes for flavoring and texture. That's it. That's what you're getting. If you think the Holocaust survive or victims or people in the Holocaust concentration camps had it bad with the half wheat, half sawdust bread, you are going to experience far worse. So basically, um, it breaks down food to the molecular level and substituted nutrition for, uh, for function. So they're basically in this new food, you will have no nutrition. Any nutrition is you're going to have to pay value added prices for your various supplements. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that includes vitamins, minerals, fibers, or any of the benefits that food used to have. You're going to have to pay extra. Actually, that process is probably well underway. We have been, most of us have spend a significant amount on supplements because our food no longer has the capability or it no it has no longer has the function to provide mm-hmm. us with all the things that originally were in food well and um celeste um this is getting a little bit off the subject but not really this is this was outlined for us in the program called Codex Elementarius yes. that was put in play by the UN, by UNESCO, clear back in the uh, early 1950s. And the gentleman that uh, did the, I guess, the architecture for that program uh, was uh, put in place by uh, Julian Huxley, who was the head of UNESCO, and that was a gentleman that was running IG Farben. Yes. And and the the modern day, so Farben went out of business and became Bayer. And I will be talking about Bayer in the webinar because they are a major player in what's happening now. But yeah, right. I I agree. It, it was back in the 1950s. I remember that's when we started to see the first um, like ha- hamburger helpers, uh, cake mixes, muffin mixes. Before that, women always made everything from scratch. And now all of a sudden, uh, different things popped up um, that were instant or mixes and basically, then the UN decided that they needed to manage that. Yeah. Well, and they stayed openly in the Codex Elementarius, which incidentally was um, ad- adapted as part of US law without going through the process by uh, Barack Hussein Obama in 2010. He actually signed on to the Codex program and under codex you will not be allowed to buy uh, vitamins or supplements or anything else without a prescription and it's going to all be controlled by the UN yes 
And that includes essential things like essential oils, things that you, they just actually in December, um, I believe, uh, axed homeopathy, where um, it's now, I believe, illegal. I don't know if they've signed it in, but in December they were talking about signing that would make homeopathy illegal. So wow. our different modalities are being limited, but that may or may not be a good thing because there are, I'm doing a healthy Monday segment and I'm covering a lot of different healthy modalities that you can use. You can uh, catch it on rumble. It's Celestalum one word and um, catch those if you want. And so we're moving into a frequency-based um, health, which in a way is good because basically warfare is going in a frequency battle anyway, whether it's neural weapons or frequency using 5G, 6G, uh, direct energy weapons, that type of thing it is going to be a frequency war. So what better way? There are good frequencies and there are bad frequencies. Mm -hmm. And we just, it's another learning thing, curve that we have got to engage in and not trust traditional medicine, but to branch out and learn about some of these new modalities. So we're at that place in history. Right. So what faith lesson can we learn from this? So, we should know and really have firmly in our mind that know not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which ye have God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. First Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. So we need to understand that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that we're not our own, we're God's. Um, I know I'm his handmaiden and um, that we glorify God when we do the right thing as far as our health um, and trying, you know, doing our part to ensure the protection of our spirit. Now we can only go so far but God has, you know, the ultimate control. So what are some of the takeaways that we can come away with um, and ponder um, until the webinar starts? And I, I am doing little things on synthetic biology, some breaking news and stuff, just so we start having this discussion. But so what? so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So no matter if we're eating or drinking, if we're glorifying God, and my prayer life has changed dramatically um, since doing this study on um, synthetic biology and how has it changed. I used to always give thanks for my food, but now I actually ask the Lord to t remove any toxins or poison or anything that is not of him from my food and then once again and then i ask him please provide me nutrition that was originally in this food to my body and then i praise him 
again. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. John 6, 35. So as long as you know Jesus as your personal Savior, he is the bread of life. And I know that one time I did this 40-day uh, fast, and I did not eat or drink, and I did not sleep for 40 days. I didn't even know such a thing was possible. I was literally in the presence of the Lord. And he will provide. He provided for me during that time. And then I was blessed for 72 hours after. So know that that is possible for you as well. So know in your heart of faith that when you seek Jesus first, as he is the bread of life, that you are never going to go hungry or thirsty. And God said, bold, I've given you every plant yielding word. So he has given the plants and other foods to you, um, humans, and all of his creatures, really, for food. Um, each creature is given his food by God. He has the power to remove this technology from food or to provide you from with, with food. Um, remember back in the Exodus, once again, we'll re revisit. The first thing that happened is the water was bitter, and then, uh, 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 no, then Mo they didn't have some water. So Moses uh, was told, strike the rock, and water came from the rock. Then there was the manna. And the people said, what is it? I mean, that's the Hebrew. Uh, when you translate the Hebrew, it doesn't say really manna. It says, what is it? Uh, that people didn't even know what it was, but God provided from it. It came from heaven. Um, and then he provided them quail. Yeah, they were grumbling a bit for the meat and wanted to return to, to Egypt. But he knows that you need these things. And if he did it for the Israelites, he can do it for you. Um, he's done it in history and he can do it now. So I just wanted you to, to know that and be comforted in that. Well, that that is comforting. Uh, now, <clears throat> we don't have a lot of time left, but I do, uh, we might as well get into this a little bit. You mentioned earlier that you were going to talk a little bit about how they are weaponizing uh, our whole atmosphere, everything, and that's where this all this ties in. They are doing these modifications to our genome, to our bodies, so that uh, they can use the technology that they have available to actually weaponize against us. And you mentioned Ukraine, uh, how a lot of the things like tanks and missiles and that sort of thing are being uh, used up in Ukraine so that they can move into the new technologies. I, I know that's a big subject to cover in 20 minutes, but uh, I know you, you can probably tackle it if anybody can. Okay, so basically it's called um, it's Mosaic Warfare. DARPA just uh, did a, pro a program called Astarte, after the goddess of war. And, you know, she was known by different names in different cultures, but 
uh, you can find her under Astarte. I did do an article on this, I believe at shepherdsheart.life under my blog. And, um, but the, I also have a rumble that you might check out because I actually did, there's something, a, a particular type of warfare that they're using in this mosaic warfare. And I do, uh, do you know Mark Sutherland? No, oh, yeah, I know Mark real well. Okay, so Mark He's and a good I, friend. yeah, yeah. So we um, did a, a co. He co-hosted me, and so we did a commentary on breaking down this technology from the DoD. Um, so basically, mosaic. Just think of a mosaic um, floor or something mosaic that you've seen. This is the type of warfare that we're in. So it's a lot of little tiny pieces and it's very easy. They see don't seem to have anything um, to do with one another, except that it's usually spherical. Uh, there's a sphere around it, which isn't really, I mean, usually mosaics are like rounded. So they're kind of spherical. Um, but that's the type of warfare that we're encountering right now. So the first time we saw this, I, I believe, was 2020. I mean, mosaic warfare actually has a very deep history. And so I go into a little bit of that, but I won't do it today. So historically, it's been used. It's it's asymmetrical warfare, um, which means it's not regular warfare. Mm -hmm. um, it it tries to throw the enemy off guard by having all these little different pieces, but they kind of act as a Roman phalanx. So they act as one. And so I think a really important lesson from one of the things I learned from a military conference on direct energy weapons is that we cannot look at warfare as an individual isolated event. We can't look at Ukraine as individual. We can't look at direct energy weapons as individual. We can't look at this food as individual. We can't look at this synthetic biology. We can't look at cyber attacks as, as this individual silo, as they say. It is an integrated system. It is an integrated system. And that is the only way you can understand it. If you think that if you're just focusing on Ukraine or just focusing on synthetic biology or direct energy weapons, you're going to miss the forest through the trees. You're, you have to say all the things on the map, all the news that I am hearing in the media right now, because it's all messaging. After 9-11, it was all messaging by the government is an integrated system. So what are the stories? And you don't even need to know the details of the stories. You can just write out the titles of the stories on a piece of paper and say, okay, I'm seeing uh, Ukraine. I'm seeing chemicals. I'm seeing, um, what, what are some other things in the news lately? Synthetic biology. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing, uh, yeah. and so you write nuclear, those. Nuclear yeah. weapons, all kinds Nuc of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, nuclear, 
you put them on a piece of paper and you say, okay, what and how are these linked? Because they are linked. They are an integrated system. As a matter of fact, when the Ebola pathogen comes and it will come, they have planned it to have a cyber attack at exactly the same time with the same symptoms. So they, as they said at this conference, the very first patients will come into the emergency room bleeding out at the same time that the cyber um, is going to be hemorrhaging the cyber system. So not for them, not for the people that are orchestrating this, but for you and I. Uh, we may not be able to have communications through because it's called uh, Ebola of systems. Um, and so that's kind of what we're looking at uh, is this networked integrated system of warfare. And it it's it's all one. You know, it has one author. It may try to do, like, there's also, like, this ties in, like, it ties in hydrogel and the dog fights, the DARPA dog fights under the ACE program. And they just were releasing this. They released it the same day as my video came out on the coverage on Estarte. And... So they all have common threads. And it's kind of hard in a, a, for Americans to see the common threads. But in Hebrew, a word, it can be one word, but it has like this co different concepts that revolve around it. And actually, Americans need to start thinking in a Hebraic mindset because, yes, there are all these dots, but they're connected. Never think for a moment that they're not connected. Don't. So what do we see? Basically, I believe that the World Economic Forum in in the spring, well, January, the third week in January 2020, with that spike protein with the COVID and the 200 different spikes that was going to change our world. And, you know, we went, we kind of got back to our lives and we thought, okay, COVID's back, back, you know, everything is, you know, it's time to get back to normal. I can go to the store, mm -hmm. I can go to the ball game, I can go hiking, whatever. But they are proceeding to go down those 250 layers. They're taking out America's infrastructure. They are restructuring bodies, food, um, there's going to be new regulations, new um, laws with this chemical uh, situation with the train. It was all planned. It mm -hmm. was all planned. Um, they even talked about six months ago in the military circles about use, the return of mustard gas. Um, but I think that the reason that it is, is because they want the these new law, they want new laws and new regulations to once again, the same thing like with Ukraine. They want to get rid of the old chemicals 
and bring in this new class of chemicals that is synthetic biology. It's part machine, part um, biological, and part chemical. And so it will be this hybrid thing. So they don't want the old chemicals and they don't want you to have access to the old chemicals. It, what else does that do? It also puts out a business, certain companies that deal in those chemicals. And I can give you a, for instance, I mentioned, well, so I was a soap maker. I had the, uh, the goats and I made my own goat milk soap and my business partner and I made soap for like 30 years. And in the 1990s, we had these really nice soap molds. I mean, you could jump on those babies. They wouldn't crack. They, you know, they were beautiful, made beautiful soap. Um, and then in the 1990s, later on, the UN made a man, there was a mandate that they could not use that formulation of plastic any longer because it was toxic to the environment. So then the next time we needed soap molds, we had to get these flimsy things. I mean, they broke, they cracked. Some of them we could only use one time wow. before they had to be replaced, unlike the others that had lasted us for a decade and didn't even have a crack in them. Well, I guess eventually they got some cracks and I duct taped it together. But I actually have some of those original 19, early 1990 soap molds that are duct taped together. But then the, you know, then it got worse. So then they reformulated again the UN, at the UN, um, what, how their whatever their equivalent of the Codex Alimentaris is for all these other things, planetary management. And so David and I had three greenhouses and this is when I lived in Montana. And we always use, got the $99 100-foot roll at Lowe's or Home Depot, whichever one, you know, it didn't matter. And it would last the whole season. And we'd take it down in the winter and and then put it up in the spring and we kept reusing it. And it was, it lasted, never had a problem with it mm -hmm. until this reformulation by the UN. I kid you not, I went down to Missoula and there was some wind. I came home and all my greenhouses looked like giant cats had just scratched the heck out of it. It was literally shredded, but that wasn't mm -hmm. the end of the story. The end of the story was I went to go get my uh, dustpan and my whisk broom and I tried to pick up this plastic. And as I'm trying to pick up the plastic, it broke down into smaller and smaller pieces to the mm -hmm. point I could not even pick up the plastic. And I tried my very carefully putting it with my dustpan and my whisk broom and they created this whole microplastic ecological nightmare so that they could control us it was part mm -hmm. of the agenda um and then they then they said well we need hydrogel to come save the day to eat the, from the damage from the from all these microplastics so that's just one uh, one example that this is just like one big warfare you can't uh, i am going to repeat myself because i think it's important we tend to just look at Ukraine or we look at uh, the train accident 
or whatever, or the food shortages or whatever, and we don't link them together. We cannot understand the war if we don't link all those together. That's right. Yeah. No, and and that's exactly right. That's why we, you know, always kid about connecting dots. They all do connect. There's no such thing as a little dot out here that doesn't have any meaning. They all have meaning. It's just a matter of tying them together. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, um, we got a mess on our hands. There's no question about that. But you're right. Uh, it's it's all part of a faith, too, to understand that ultimately uh, it's, it's really they're attacking humanity because they're attacking God. And they're attacking humans because we are a reflection. The, the, the Bible says we're created in God's image. In, in many ways. And when they start talking about transhumanism and uh, creating man machines and this sort of thing, I mean, it couldn't be any more diabolical than that. But they're openly talking about it now. So that's why it's so important for us to stay involved. Yes. <clears throat> and I think spiritually where your power to to draw the lines and the wisdom to make wise choices comes in is from our faith and digging into the word. And I am going to be providing you as many as I can, but you may see insights and the Lord may give you insights that I didn't see. And so I think we need to come together as the body of Christ and really share with one another those insights so that everybody has a pretty good tool chest because this, your faith is going to keep you from the snares and the pits of this, um, of this, uh, this day and age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that's the only solution. Of course, it's always been the only solution, but you know, it's only been maybe the last 20 or 30 years that they've had the ability to deconstruct our basic genome and then do the sorts of things that they're talking about. And boy, they've just gone completely nuts with this stuff. I, I think of guys like uh, uh, Yuval uh, Noah Harari, yeah. very openly talking about uh, with contempt for anybody that believes in the Christian God, anybody that believes in anything other than uh, you know, the humanist perspective that he has. But at the same time, he always refers to God so you know that he understands there is a God. It's a matter of him not having that God. Yeah, it's really interesting that um, they always, they disdain God, but they always have to counterfeit. Uh, remember back, it, it it was two days, was it two days before 9-11, they did a, a counterfeit Ark of the Covenant. And they, I mean, these are people that hate the Jewish people, hate Christians. They make this artificial 
Ark of the Covenant. They put the Earth Charter in. They put Tomenos masks in, which are death masks, and a few other little things. And then they have kids paint the outside of it. And then they take and parade it around the UN General Assembly. This is two days before mm. um, 9-11. You almost wonder if it wasn't a ritual that allowed 9-11 to go forth. You wonder. Um, and then it was the, this, uh, it was called the Ark of Hope. And it was then taken around the United States and now it resides in the General Assembly. So if people hate God that much, why are they making an artificial Ark of the Covenant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but they do that. And that's what you see is that they hate God but they want to make an artificial synthetic copy, you know, clone, Uh a Uh clone for better lack of a better word um, of his world, but they want God out of it. They, they want to take credit. They want the patents. They want the money. They want the glory. They want the power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you called it messaging, uh, they continue to message us through the media, through different means to tell us what they've got in mind and what they're really moving forward with. And incidentally, I, of course, everybody that knows me knows I'm uh, friends of Richard Gage and uh, therefore uh, a, I guess I would be termed a 9-11 denier. But I also know that George Herbert Walker Bush's son, George W. Bush, had Dick Cheney as his vice president, and uh, that the whole Bush family were ultra-globalists with Dick Cheney, Kissinger, uh, all the different crowd that uh, are now probably most of them are dead or at the very end of their life, but they were the architects of so much of this move to globalism. Yeah, we've really seen a lot of changes in our country since the 1950s to now. I mean, that's a totally different world. If somebody came and time-traveled to our world from 1950, they Mm -hmm. they would be horrified. They really would. I mean, it's not the same country, even though the UN and globalism was starting to get its clutches, you know, after World War II into our country, it hadn't quite, it hadn't gone down the rabbit trail, as I say. All right. We were still, we had an innocence in our culture, and we don't have that innocence anymore. Uh, There was a really funny uh, movie about that. I'm trying to think who the the uh, uh, actors were in it. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, James Wood or somebody like that. Anyway, they uh, they went into a nuclear. They thought that they were being attacked by uh, by a nuclear war, and they went underground into this. Uh, bomb shelter and lived they had this really elaborate it's blast uh, from the, it's called blast blast from the, from the past that's yeah, it yeah, yeah. That I, love is, that. I love that movie too yeah i mean what a funny movie because boy if 
if I came out and you saw all these weird people with tattoos and, and nose piercings and all the crap on them, and you'd think, yeah, they it really did happen. We really did go through a nuclear war. It's hysterical. Well, uh, Celeste, we're out of time. Thank you for sticking with us this whole time and for your presentation. Now, uh, very quickly, when do you think this is going to be out on on your website? So the first article is out. Um, I am turning it into a PowerPoint, but the ar uh, the first article is out at shepherdsheart.life on my blog. But like I said, the I will do the webinar presentation, I believe, starting Wednesday, March 8th for yeah. four consecutive Wednesdays. So I'll have pretty pictures and uh, simplify it as best I can. But I think that everybody got a good indication this evening of kind of a general mm -hmm. overview of where I'll be going. Well, people better wake up because this is happening. Whether we want to admit it or not, it's there. And thank you for doing the research to put all this stuff together. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee Across the plains of Texas, oh, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, and New York to L.A., where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say. Forget the man.